Hello, and welcome to the Unique CPA with your host, Randy Crabtree. We're committed to creating a thriving community of accounting professionals who are physically and mentally healthy, fulfilled, and energized by their work. Our ultimate goal is to elevate the reputation of the accounting profession and vastly improve the lives of those in it. The Unique CPA is brought to you by Trimerit, the specialty tax professionals. Today, our guest is Gaynor Melki. Gaynor is a business strategist, a certified business and transformational coach. She's the owner of Charisma Inc., which is I-N-K, because it's Charisma Inc. LLC. Uh, She's the author of multiple books, including the most recent, Avoiding App, Athy, App-A-T-H-Y, and the, I think what is the most current, the Bank Your Brain Blueprint. Boom, I got through the Bs without a problem. You did. Thank you. Uh, Well, Gaynor, welcome to the Unique CPA. Oh, thank you. It's an honor to be, to be here with you for sure. That's going a little far, honor. It's fun. We'll go with that. <laughs> okay. Well, it's fun and an honor. So thank you very much. All right. Well, I'm glad you're here. You and I really, what, we, we met for the first time in person, at least, at QuickBooks Connect. Mm-hmm. So you and I talked, and I think we had been on a, even a panel before that together. But you and I started talking, and your services have been outstanding. You've been helping me with this mental health presentation that, that I've been doing for about the last year, but I really want to dial it in. And so I, I appreciate the help that you're giving me on that. We're getting it rewritten, and so we can go out and uh, present this uh, in our profession. But when we're doing that and when we're talking about this, I, I found out that not only this is a passion of mine, it's a passion of yours as well. So I thought this would be a lot of fun for you and I to get together. Yeah, talking about mental health would be fun, but it is. Um, it is. You and I will get together and, and kind of talk about this. And, and you deal with the profession mm-hmm. and you deal with a lot of you know high performers and, and, and whatnot in our profession, but you do see that this is an issue. So why don't you just give us your insights to what you see in the profession, and then we'll see where we go from there. Sure. Well, I've been in the accounting and tax profession for 20 plus years, starting at Thomson Reuters in tax and accounting and on the marketing and PR side, by hundreds of CPAs and accounting professionals. And I see up close and personal, I mean, the stress that people are under the deadlines, because I live the deadlines too, you know, trying to help people with their communications and also working around, you know, their schedules. And also, you know, on the technology side, you know, all of the things that people are trying to put in place in their practices, you know, a lot of you know, you professionals did not go to school to be technologists. Um, you find yourself being entrepreneurs. And, you know, I'm an entrepreneur too. So I know, you know, the stress that that can create. Those things alone, the deadlines, not to mention the compliance, the IRS, you know, you've got your clients who are clamoring for your attention and you can't make a mistake. I mean, there's a lot of stressors there. Uh, and it would be enough to drive anybody. Um, crazy at times. But, you know, that's kind of a a good segue into the whole mental health discussion, because, you know, there used to be a real stigma around, oh, well, you know, she's just crazy, or we we use that term pretty lightly. Mm -hmm. But it's really a very serious problem. And I know, when we met, I was like, I was so excited that somebody was taking this like a new level of the discussion because not only in the profession but just in society in general i mean it's just so needed 
we talked, you know, about your struggle, you know, I'll share some of mine today. And uh, then just talk about, you know, I love your solutions focus, right? Because we don't want to get stuck in our stories, right? which can be can be an issue too. So and you just mentioned that in our stories, but I think our stories are important because it brings things out into the open. I think one of the biggest things you can do as a, whatever, a leader or a somebody that has some kind of influence in the whatever field you're in for us it's it's public accounting or accounting in general is to be vulnerable and if you can share your story and and show the emotions of it and be vulnerable about it i think that just is a huge impact and so i i applaud you for doing the same and obviously helping me and one thing i want to say you would just mention just society in general that this is an issue and and i'm really looking forward to and i'm, I'm hoping after you and i get this one presentation put together we can adjust it to any mm-hmm. profession or just society because that I'd really like to just start talking to as many people as I can. If we can help in general, let's do it. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, as we've talked about too, is bringing it out into the light, right? Because so many people are struggling and I think we're, we're kind of at a tipping point. I see it. You know, my daughter is 16. She and her friends like are all pretty well versed in like mental health because people are finally kind of taking it seriously and the younger generation I would say especially I mean they're they've kind of lived through their parents probably like having issues and now they're encountering issues so I think you know social media is also playing into that too yes social media could be very bad when it comes to mental health, mm-hmm. but it can actually get messages of things we can do out there as well. And boy, being a teenager with social media, I never had to deal with that. I just know that's not easy. And I, I applaud the fact that what you said about that they they seem to be more on top of it than uh, it was in the in the recent past, actually. All right. So I think a good a good place to go next now is is let's talk more about the profession and what you're seeing and maybe even how you're addressing things when you see this, you know, people who are potentially struggling with whatever it is, stress. Everybody has stress, but that uncontrolled stress, which could turn into burnout, which can even go further. What are you seeing and how are you dealing with that? Well, you know, first off, of course, I want to say I'm not a mental health professional in any way. And, you know, if you're struggling, you know, please contact somebody who can help you who's a qualified professional. I just know part of the reason why I went and got my coaching credentials was sort of as a frontline, you know, maybe beginner capability to help some of my clients get unstuck from things that were holding them back in their practices. And you know, so we we do the business coaching side, but then, you know, I've had a lot of people tell me I'm like their therapist. I'm not a therapist. <laughs> right. But I have a lot of empathy for people. And I, you know, as we'll get into my story in a little bit, you know, I've experienced a lot of mental health issues around me and myself. So I certainly can walk their path. And I was giving Brandy the example of one of my clients who, you know, I collaborate with quite a bit. And, you know, during COVID, I mean, she really was struggling to the point of being suicidal. And, you know, she, you know, got help with that, but she ended up really examining her life and figuring out that she didn't want to be a full-time you know, CPA anymore. And, 
went into some real estate. You know, she became a realtor as well. And so now she feels like she has a better balance. And, you know, she's like, I wake up happy. She's like, you know, and so sometimes I think we're afraid to look at ourselves because we're afraid of what we're going to find. And unfortunately, that will um, prolong the agony. Yeah, I think a good story on that. And I don't know if you and I have even talked about this, but you know, when I, I made a change in our my business from managing partner to whatever I am now, I don't even know, marketing. I'm part of the marketing group probably, but I fought that somewhat and I shouldn't have, but I fought it because I identified at least internally as managing partner. This is who I am. This is what I do. And if I'm not doing this, what am I? Right. Looking back, that was just nonsense thinking because really I wasn't good at it. <laughs> if I look back, I mean, I wasn't bad, but it wasn't my passion at all. Right. My passion is what I do now, get to talk to people like you, get to go out and educate. And so I think a huge thing, and it's not the easiest thing to do, but really look internally and really find out what you're one good at, but then also passionate about, make sure that those intersect. You can be good at, I'm really good at, you know, tax preparation. I don't like it that much. I like it, but it's not my most passionate thing. My passionate thing is out educating on tax. So I think if people can do that, which is not the easiest thing, but if you can look at your passion and your talents, find out where you can combine those. And it's not that simple, but if you can do it, no. <laughs> I feel I've done it. And I can't imagine doing anything else. I'm having so much fun with the way my career is going right now. So sorry, I, I interrupted, but that's just, I think, extremely important. Oh, I do too. And in fact, it's kind of ironic you said that because my company, Charisma, really means being attracted to the light in somebody. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I truly believe that everybody has some gift and it's a matter of bringing it out and whether that's, you know, it's the same for their company, right? And I mean, that's really the central crux of a good brand. I mean, it's what is it that's unique that really resonates with people that's what you know the market is attracted to and when it comes to speaking I mean, it's the same thing i always tell people who want to be on a stage it's like you have to find the the gift that you have that you can give the audience right because the audience doesn't owe you their attention and so it's really you know you've got your whole mental health story that's something that resonates with a lot of people and if you can find that story within yourself, like that's where the power is in speaking. I mean, it really is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't have to tell you, right? You already know that. <laughs> I don't know it. I do it. I think I know it. But uh, having people uh, like you in my corner definitely helps because at least it confirms if I'm on the right page. And if I'm not, get me directed to the right page. So I appreciate that. Sure. So I think. One of the most important things I think about mental health is you know, sharing stories and bringing it out into the light, as I said. And I know, Randy, you have shared your story and uh, certainly very you know, poignant one. And uh, do you want to give like a quick recap, you know, just so that if anybody hasn't heard it, you know, I know we've been working on it a little bit together. So we have, I think it's important. Yeah, I, yeah. Let me I, for sure. Let me go through it. And I, I mentioned a little bit in the past on the podcast, probably a lot more lately because it is such a passionate topic for me. And the struggles that I started having are probably 
set up different than a lot of people's struggles because mine was basically on a a traumatic event, uh, a health thing that happened with me, which was a stroke, which most people who have listened to the show know that, that I am a stroke survivor. Nine years ago, had a stroke. And I am like the poster child for physical recovery from a stroke. I mean, I have no deficits, nothing. I mean, everything works. I could, you know, if I wanted to, if my knees allowed me, I'd go out and play basketball tomorrow. I mean, it's there's nothing there uh, from that standpoint. What I struggled with after the stroke was just the whole mental aspect of my brain getting in my way. My brain thinking that, Every time I felt a twinge with my head or my arm or my leg or whatever it is, normally the head, I'd feel something and boom, that means I was about to have a stroke again. Mm-hmm. It was coming. There was inevitable. I couldn't get away from it mentally. That's what was going to happen. And this time I was not going to be lucky. I was not going to be physically uh, you know, able to do everything I could do today. This is what my brain was thinking. Uh, this time I'm going to die. This time... What's my family going to do? I'm not ever going to see grandkids. You know, all these thoughts would just be going through my head and would just be triggered by something that happened a split second, a little, you got dizzy, boom, I'm having a stroke. You're tired. Oh, I'm having a stroke. I mean, whatever, just little teeny things. And then for me, it was a five-year struggle to get past that. It was like at one point, a, a somebody, one of the counselors I talked to did say, yes, you have PTSD. So I assume I did, yeah. but also it turned into depression because what was the point? I'm just going to die anyways. I'm just going to have another stroke. I'm going to die. So what's the point? Why should I care about anything else? And so that went on. And then that also turned into panic attacks because whatever, just be in a situation, which actually a lot of times was work-related. So mm-hmm. work stress did kind of trigger panic attacks, but for me, then that's what would kick in. So that that's what happened. And just like you said at the beginning, I'm not a professional. I'm not a health professional. I did go see health professionals, which was important. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what got me past this was I finally realized that and I like kind of like the story. So now this is about me. This is not, this is you're supposed to be the guest, but let me let me go one more. Thing. <laughs> I think it's important. Yeah, let me go one more story real quick, because you can go see counselors, and we're probably you already mentioned, and we're probably talk about it longer. And I did see counselors, and the first counselor I saw, or therapist, or whatever you want to call them, I don't even I should know what their title was. I just call them a, a, a counselor, a therapist. She was. Great person. I mean, just, I mean, I'd go hang out with her today, but the problem with her and I is she told me basically, don't worry about it because you can't control it. And you deal with people in our profession. I am in our profession as well. You know, that's what we do. We control things. We're in charge. Where's the solutions? We have all the answers. We're going to help you with this. And you do the exact same thing. I mean, I'm not saying that it's constant, but you're always helping people. And that's the mindset we all have. And for me, it was like, no, are you crazy? Do you know I'm a CPA? I control things. That's what I do. (laughs) You can't tell me that. And so... It took me another counselor, a couple more, but then it finally got to a point where I realized I could actually control my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Now, there's sometimes there's chemical imbalances and all these other things where maybe people can't. Yeah. For me personally, I could. And I finally took charge and, and got past that. And this, so for me, it was this traumatic experience that happened for, you know, 15 minutes where I lost control of my entire body, having a stroke, couldn't talk, couldn't walk, couldn't do anything. But that's not how everybody's struggles happen. You know, a lot of times it's 
childhood. A lot of times it's even just work related. A lot of times it's just personal stress related. And, you know, someone's getting a divorce or someone's family member is ill. And there's all these different things. And so I know you have a story mm-hmm. and I know you have can, can kind of go into for you personally, the way you got into this and the way you got passionate about it and the way this affected you was different than how it affected me. You want to go into that? Yeah, no, I think it's, as we've said like multiple times, telling your story, I mean, it's scary at times, mm-hmm. but it's so important because it, you know, you are not the only one who has, you know, faced these things. And the more you talk about it, the more you realize that. And, you know, that's like super important. And oh, yeah. uh, for me, and we talked about this a little bit beforehand, was really the whole mental health piece has been sort of like a lifelong you know, issue for me. And uh, it's kind of a, where do I begin? I'll kind of start at the beginning. And uh, I was telling uh, you, you know, my first kind of major depressive episode was about 11. And uh, I mean, I specifically actually remember the day where it was like, I just feel like I want to cry. I feel like, you know, I, I told my mom I'm like I don't want to go to school I want to like stay home and I didn't you know I think you know she probably thought oh this is like a passing you know passing thing but it wasn't and you know I ended up really like through my teens struggling with depression uh, eating disorders all kinds of different you know mental problems and and one thing that you you kind of touched on was the whole PTSD, you know, standpoint. And that was something that, you know, I had to come to terms with after I was able to leave my, you know, childhood home, because it was really a, a, a perfect storm of, you know, my parents both struggled with um, you know, some substance abuse, and they had like, almost zero, like, self-regulation skills and in, in, uh, in a number of different ways and so it's pretty chaotic we moved a lot when I was a kid which we didn't really have any you know it's with my dad's job so you know it was you know, we didn't have a strong community around us and you know for me I was also kind of I guess selected to be deemed special at school because I was always in this gifted program so I didn't have a whole lot of you know, friends who were like me. And it all uh, confounded into, you know, really a lifelong kind of depression with some genetic factors playing in there. And so, you know, as I was sharing before we started recording too, I think it's as important to understand your kind of genetic mental health as it is your physical, you know, genetics. And that's something that we don't talk a lot about, but... You know, I certainly, with my own experience, like with my parents, you know, I had the opportunity to kind of go back and talk to some relatives and really understand the context in which my mother grew up. And, you know, there were issues, you know, during her adolescence. My own daughter has had mental health issues, you know, my ex-husband as well. So I think there's a lot of things that are generational. And I think we need to pay attention to that from a mental health perspective. And really the reason why I do what I do, and I haven't really explained uh, sort of my end. And I love, you know, that was another thing that we talked about with 
uh, was John Garrett and his, oh, yeah. you know, what's your and. And for me, you know, you really have to get um, a window into your own soul and understand what's important to you and like what's driving you. And for me, I've always wanted to help people, but I really, really, really am passionate about helping kids with mental health because you know, when I went through all of my struggles as like a very you know young person, there wasn't really a lot of help for me. And like my family wasn't really capable of helping me. And then there weren't um, programs. So it was sort of, I was 11, 12, 13 years old, but I needed to be 16 or 18 to get into wow. like a mental health facility. Or I, I did see um, a child psychiatrist like twice. And it was nobody in my family really wanted to talk about anything. So it wasn't super helpful. And my you know parents didn't want me to be medicated. So that I sort of had to figure out how to unwrap my mind myself to a certain extent. I did a lot of reading, even at a young age, on understanding some of my issues, um, but not the best strategy. And it really prolonged the struggle for a long time. So now I do these uh, children's workshops based on a book that I wrote that is really all about resilience and mindset training for kids. And uh, that's the way that I've kind of taken my struggle and and try to help like in small ways as well. But I think the uh, incidence of mental health among youth, mental health issues is, I mean, it's astronomical. I've I live with a 16 year old. And so I, you know, I just see her and her friends and it's um, definitely something we need to pay attention to. And, you know, they're a little bit more clued in, you know, about mental health than probably past generations, but I would also say the prevalence is so much higher. Yes. They're under a lot of stress, you know, and they've got social media yes. telling them a lot of things. And, you know, we know that the, degree to which you interact with social media is actually like negative to your mental health mm -hmm. in a lot of cases. So there's that balance to be had. But yeah, I definitely, you know, just from my own experience would say, you know, not everybody has like a deep traumatic past that they need to, you know, examine. But if you feel like there's something that you've gone through that you need to explore it's certainly well worth it I know until I was able to do it I really struggled a lot with depression and since I've done the work as they call it and I don't um I don't recommend that you do it alone I recommend that you really do seek therapy yes for sure definitely I've been able to do things that I didn't think I would probably be able to do before like write all these books and you know yeah which is awesome unblock a lot of things so um definitely a, another area of mental health for people to think about and not be afraid of I mean I'm happy to talk about it because I know when I was struggling I mean I was like really in college and as a young teen like suicidal I would have it was a very, very, very dark place to be and to be there like alone. You don't you don't want anybody to suffer like that. No, no, that was that was the thing that got me to a point where it's like I need to talk to somebody because I didn't know what my head was going to tell me because mm -hmm. I wasn't in charge. My head was and I was afraid my head was going to tell me. And it, it, I was getting to that point that what's the point? I mean, why are you even here? 
you don't need to be here. Mm -hmm. I came in, I had a hard, hard time saying the word suicide, but that's what I was afraid of that was going to be the next step. And I'm like, we have to fix this. Um, and so what I do is I applaud what you're doing. You were trying to break that cycle. You already mentioned it was in your family before you. Yeah. You went through it, your daughter, and now you've, and as each generation's gone, it sounds like it's, you've gotten a little progression that, okay, you started to identify it young and started to figure out things you could do on your own, which was sad that it had to be that way. But then you kept looking for ways to, you know, figure out why and what. And now you were able to identify this in your daughter and hopefully every now this generational issue, you're starting to uh, hopefully eliminate the, uh, the next generation from that. But not only in your family, now the cool thing is you're doing this with others because especially if they're in the same situation you were in, not that there's no parent, but the parents don't want to recognize that there's an issue or, or don't know how to get the help. Now you're there for them, which, which I think is awesome. Well, it's interesting because uh, my daughter actually now, so she doesn't mind me, you know, sharing these things because she's actually become sort of an advocate too, nice. which is super cool. Yes. And she actually wants to become a, a psychiatrist so that she can help people. And that's one thing, well, two things really that I have told her and, you know, I always tell her friends too, because they're probably tired of listening to me, but <laughs> you know, when they're, when they're struggling, I try to like shine a little bit of light, you know, for them, because I know two of the biggest things for me was one really understanding the power of your own thoughts mm -hmm. and that, you know, don't believe a thought you think, or don't believe every thought that you think, because, right. you know, there's some dysfunctional thinking that can happen, especially, you know, when you're exposed to certain things. So it's kind of like a, a light switch, right? Yep. You can kind of flip the switch and try and get your thinking in a better direction. But also, don't be alone. I mean, I think we all need each other and not sharing how you're feeling is not, you know, a badge of honor. And nope. it's amazing how much better you'll feel if you talk to somebody even making connections, we know that like having a strong sense of community is important for mental health. And I think I mentioned this to you the other day. I always, you know, have been I've really like drawn kind of a parallel uh, between all of the talk of like AI and accounting. So it's like, you know, artificial intelligence, it's going to like change all of our lives. And then I think to myself, but there's the authentic intelligence that we need. And that's really what you were talking to about getting down into like who you are, because we can't take the human out of humanity. Like right. we can try, but that's where we run into problems. I think when we're, when we get so far away from like our authentic selves and we're looking to the external world, you know, for validation and for all of those things and yep. for um, band-aid solutions to a, a bigger problem. Yeah. And I think that's actually a good segue into, I mean, we talked about me, traumatic event, you, you know, probably genetics and, and other things, family uh, dynamics affecting you. But this is also just an issue in 
our profession, and actually, from what I see, it's almost probably more prevalent in our profession than a lot of professions. And people don't realize it, and it's kind of what you're saying. There's We're putting Band-Aids on things. It's like, okay, we just need to work like crazy during tax season, and then everything will be fine. And it never is, because there's another deadline. And and so, rather than just trying to outwork your to-do list and, and just power through whatever it is you're working on, there's so many more things you can look at to figure out how to take care of yourself while you're taking care of your clients. Mm -hmm. And as a profession, that's one of our biggest issues. And I think we mentioned this a little bit at the beginning is we don't think about ourselves enough. We think, I just need to help this client. I need to get through this deadline. I need to finish this to-do list. I need this Client's going to call. I need to get through that. And rather than just say, I got to run my business smart to the standpoint that I'm leaving a physically and mentally healthy business and helping who I can, which does not have to be everybody. All right. Sorry. Just went on a rant there. Well, no. And I think that's part of being aware of your own self-worth, right? You're not going to be any good to anybody if you're sick or, you know, have something unfortunate happen because you're so stressed out and you're not taking care of yourself. And I think you know, part of that is self-compassion and people will listen to this and go, okay, Gainer, like, you know, <laughs> why don't you take your own advice? But it's hard because we, you know, we've talked about this and I know it's, you know, you read about it all the time. Accounting professionals want to help. People. That's why you get into the profession and there's, you know, it's unlimited the number of people that you can help. I mean, and uh, and it's hard. It's hard work. And it's just so the thing that really strikes me about the accounting profession, you know, do I like to make mistakes in my own work? No, of course I don't. But there's less on the line if I'm, you know, don't put a period at the end of a sentence, then, you know, the IRS is coming to get you and your clients. It's, right. That really does add a whole dimension. But the other thing is, is that we're all more than our work yep. and our career, right? Yeah. And we have to look at the whole person. Yep. Back to the John Garrett, what's your and, uh, mm -hmm. which is, uh, John owes me because he gets mentioned like every episode. I so know. <laughs> uh -huh. I know I bought his book because I was like, I have got to read yeah. this. Randy said <laughs> it yeah. is very good. His message is great. Yeah. Well, and I think too, I mean, it's just a great conversation starter, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's like, wow. I mean, I'm sure people listening to this podcast had no idea, you know, I write fairy books and work with kids or right. anything about my past, right? It's just, you know, we only see like that one dimension of people when we work with them. And I and I know you've talked about this with Trimerit is helping people bring their whole selves, you know, to work because let's give each other a break too. Like we're all humans helping humans. Yes. And you know, it's like, I want to help you be successful. And so give me a bit of a break sometimes, right? You know, it's I agree. You know, humor is good too, right? Like it's, we don't have to take it seriously so much of the time. No, it's have fun. I have fun every day. Yep. I get to be on a lot of podcasts like you are now. And I sometimes don't even remember what I talk about, but there was one promoted today and they had a quote that I said is, I try to find the passion in everything I do. I go, wow, did I say that? Because that's pretty cool. I'm glad that I do that. <laughs> yeah. All right. I, th I think, I mean, this was awesome to go over this with you. And the work you're doing is unbelievable. And I just want people to understand that this is, 
if you're feeling tired or stressed or, you know, just your mindset isn't into the work, it's you need to look at something. You need to look at reevaluating how you're looking at things, how you're doing things. And so hopefully that came through. You know, not everybody's going to have a depression or panic attacks and all this, but you could be struggling with something that is just affecting you. You know, you're taking work home and and all of a sudden now you can't have a good family life because you're constantly, you know, thinking about work. And so so I think it's important. I think it was a great time discussing this with you. Well, and I think, too, it's important not only if you're struggling, but preventative mental health is really important as well. There's a great book uh, by Amy Morin. It's called The 13 Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do. So it's okay. it's a great book. And it's like, it's definitely worth, you know, you can find like she wrote an article about 15 years ago and it went viral. Then she ended up writing a book. And I mean, one of them is don't take yourself too seriously. So I like it. I like it. All right. So, so with that being said, a couple final questions for you so that we can, we can wrap it up, but you and I can talk, we will be talking about this a lot more and then That's we could right. probably talk all day, but we already found out one of your ands, mm-hmm. one of your outside, sorry, John, I'm using ands now, but yeah. uh, <laughs> um, he's probably got that copyrighted. I'm going to get a lawsuit. John's going to have a cease and desist uh, letter. You're going to get a bill. You'll get yeah, a bill. A bill. Like, That's what it is. Or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, we already know one of them, you know, they're passionate about mental health and working with children. Give us another passion. What do you like doing when you're not working? Well, I love to swim and meditate. So those would be two things. Yeah. Swim and meditate. All right. All right. I've, I've had one other person with the meditation, which is something that I try to talk about slightly in the mental health presentation. I need to dig deeper into the meditate. And you and I talked about this, actually. Yes, so I need to dig a little more into that because I think that'll be important. And then the last final question is, if people want to find out more about you or what you're doing or your work with children or your work with Charisma Inc., uh, where would they uh, find out? How could they get a hold of you? Well, they can go to Charisma Inc. And it is I-N-K because it's, you know, the ink on mm-hmm. paper.com. Or hit me up on LinkedIn, Gainer Milky, M-E-I-L-K-E. Love to connect with people. So, uh yeah, I'd love to connect with people and you know, talk about everything from uh, Fairy on the Fly is the name of my uh, kids program. So you can find that on Facebook too. Well, thanks again, Gainer. And thanks everybody for listening today. Thank you for joining us today on the Unique CPA. You can find the show notes for today's episode and learn more about Trimerit at theuniquecpa.com. Remember to subscribe and leave a five-star rating on your favorite podcasting app. And join us next time for more expertise and insights on The Unique CPA. Professionalproductions.net